This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. Well, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> I I didn't see the equaliser coming, to be frank. So yeah, I'm uh, quite happy with that result. So if you're going to dive in and throw some stuff at me, and uh, we can chat about the match. But yeah, uh, Wales join 1-1 with Switzerland, of course. First half where we were under a lot of pressure, but survived it fairly comfortably. And, and then the second half, well, we were behind and managed to grind our way back into it with a good goal by Moore. Uh, Tom Scott, 2.0 communist edition. It wouldn't be the same without you. To be honest, I don't think you can tell anecdotes. Oh, I think I've lost a reference there. Hang on a second. They, um... <laughs> I reckon we can uh, we can come up with a few for Baku, I'm sure. Happy days. Uh, uh, Bridget Davis, Wales were lucky. Yeah, I would go along with that, to be honest. Especially as, I mean, Danny Ward. Well, you see Wrexham. Wrexham coming to the rescue. Um, saved us. David saying, daylight robbery, lads. Ha, ha, ha. Absolutely correct. Um, Tom, I'm, I'm worried that I've, there's a gap in my knowledge here. I'm very concerned. Um, the... Um, but yeah, but basically, I thought that we, I thought we started quite brightly, and I was encouraged. Um, yeah, David saying struggled in, in the heat. I, I wonder if that's yeah, was that a factor or not in the way that yeah, I, okay, I, I didn't think that we put pressure on them enough. Uh, just I thought I just thought we didn't get close to them. I didn't think it was necessarily we were getting tackles in, but we weren't getting close to them. And I thought in the first half. Oh, beg your pardon, Tom, just so I oh, fair enough. Of course. Um, but in the end, Tom, I had the last laugh. Uh, yeah, the heat was an issue, I think. But certainly the, the nature of our pressing wasn't great. It well, wasn't really existence. We more settled into a shape. And I thought it worried me a bit in the first half. After that bright opening five or so minutes when I really thought, oh, yeah, we're on them here. I was concerned that we weren't really... Like I say, effective without the ball. They were pushing it around at the back, trying to draw us out. And then our midfield four, because when we lost the ball, we dropped into like a 4-1-4-1, didn't we? The, the sort of midfield four eventually would step up, but wouldn't get close enough. And it was so easy to bypass us. There were passes. And, well, because they played the wing-backs, they always had the angle to, to play that pass wide. The wing-backs always made an overlap. And so it was so easy to cut our entire midfield out just with one pass or just a pass between them and that was a problem then so I was concerned that then of course what we would do because I thought the one problem for Switzerland they didn't move the ball enough in that phase of play because if they'd been decisive and playing early balls forwards from there I think we would have been in real trouble so we then sat into a defensive deep block to try and sort of dig in and I thought we defended quite well in the first half but there was always that overlap. That's what I didn't like, especially in that pocket around Davis that Mbabu would be always wide stretching us and Rodriguez on the other side. And then you'd get Severovic going, going over there and Davis is suddenly picking up two men. Oh, he's, he's, sit, he's playing narrow because he's got to watch Severovic down that channel and he knows Mbabu's behind him. James is cheating uh, in, the, in the football sense of that he's not coming back to cover. He and Bale are sort of only coming halfway back so they can start a breakaway fair enough 
but it means that Davis has got two men to watch and a number of times they've worked the extra man to get the ball in the box down really worried me luckily Savanovic isn't a reliable finisher and because of that we were able to you know, defend the box and defend it well I thought the centre-backs in the first half were really good um, but it made me very nervous the way we couldn't play our way back out again and then, as Lucy Lewis has just said, Danny Ward, especially in the second half, had an amazing game. Well, he was outstanding, wasn't he? We'd have lost had it not been for him. But in the second half, it just worried me that, I don't know, I thought that they didn't work that so much down the sides, but I think obviously Pekovic, I think, is a really good tactical manager. He does make little alterations. And I thought he just spotted something. And I don't know if you noticed, the Kanji early on, just played two just straight passes and the bowler was dropping off and then he could turn Mepham much too easily. And the first one led to that chance which Ward saved brilliantly and then the goal came from the corner and then they made another chance about five minutes later, exactly the same. Akanji hits Mbolo and Mbolo turns and suddenly the whole defence is wide open and that had the chance to put a defensive block in. I think what saved us was I think it was a mistake to bring off Shakiri for Zakaria. I like Zakaria, he's a very energetic player. But I think that was... The Swiss did lower the intensity and settle for a 1-0 there, didn't they? And let us back into it. Dave says, do you feel we needed more youngsters in the middle to try and raise the intensity? 30 degrees heat in Bale, Ramsey and Allen. Yeah, I think that may be so. Um, I think that when it was 0-0, you're all right having morale in there. And I'm not knocking him. And in fact, I, I probably would start him in the next match. But when you're chasing the game as well, he's not really going to be creating much and I wondered whether then they should have changed it around maybe by pushing Alan up a little bit because he was sitting in behind, wasn't he? Rabbins, he was dropping in. Um, and then they put Amplitude behind them, which they did at the very end. Or, you know, try something with Wilson, perhaps. But, um, yeah, it was it was asking a lot of them in the heat. Uh, Bale, did you see at the end when he went bursting down the left-hand side? Oh, well, at the very end, wasn't it? He did really well. Uh, it was exciting, but I think he was thinking more of winning a throw-in than trying to create a last gasp winner. And he was like, his hands on his knees, panting and panting away. So I think they did toil a bit in the heat, didn't they? Um, Ramsey like, hasn't played that much. Alan hasn't either. But Alan did very well, actually, but maybe we needed him a bit higher up the pitch. Um, David said, Ramsey looked very unfit. Ampadu might be a bit out of form, but he'd start for me on Wednesday as some security. Yeah, I think the problem... The, well, not the problem. The decision Page has to make in that sense is just that, although, you know, I mean, I, Ramsey obviously is not a hundred percent. He did have a couple of lovely little touches that that opened things up a bit. And Turkey, after what happened to them on Friday night, I've got to come at us. And and Turkey are a much better team than that. That's going to be a tough game. So whether we really do need to try and take the game to them a bit more, I don't know. Bill Long, hi Bill. Uh, fantastic result in the context of the game, I think. Build from here, totally agree. I didn't think that. I didn't. I didn't see the equaliser coming. Once it was one 0 even though we were putting them under a bit of pressure, I didn't really see us making enough chances. So I was very concerned by that. But yeah, we got it. Great. And then we rode a luck a bit at the end. I think after we scored, we needed to say, right, this is fine now. We don't have to force the play. The play. If Switzerland are coming at us to try and get the winner, let's do them on the break. But instead, I think we've got a bit of sizes. We did have a couple of nice little moments after the goal, but I think, yeah, we should have been sensible there and thought, OK, if Switzerland overcommitted, we'll hit them. But we'll take this point now. And Che Long. Hello, Che. Really happy with this result. Swiss looked a strong side, so to get a draw is a great result in my eyes. 100%. Absolutely right. I, I, yeah, I think the Swiss are a good side. 
I think this is a tight group and I think to be fair to Wales I think we're a decent side as well I think the Swiss if they were playing a, a weaker team would have blown them away uh, we struggled with him ball alone but apart from that they didn't threaten that much. also Severovic had chances missed them Gavanovic looked good when he came on as well didn't he but Mbolo puts me in mind of a sort of international quality Mike Fondop. And I'm not just being lazy because they're both from Cameroon. Um, Mbolo is, you know, he's got such wonderful attributes. I and mean, he's strong, he's quick, he's explosive. He's physically so difficult to handle. But you sometimes wonder if his head's quite screwed on right and if he makes the right decisions, like Fondop. But in the first half, I didn't think he troubled us all that much. And in the second half, he was unplayable, wasn't he? He was absolutely marvellous. Um, hey, fun fact about Mbolo, and I think it's rather sweet, that he, his mum emigrated to Switzerland from Cameroon to give him, well, she felt more, you know, more a chance in life, and he said the big thing that helped him to integrate was football, and at clubs he always wears number 36, because that's the number of the bus routes that he took to the training, because he's, you know, going to train with the local team was what made him feel Swiss and made him feel welcomed, and so that bus route means a lot to him, so he wears it on his back, I think that's rather sweet. Um, so anyway, Che, I just wish we had the same intensity throughout the game after we conceded. Make sure everyone tunes into Dragon Arts Extra released early this week. That's right, we'll be pulling it apart, Che and I, on our Extra Dragon Heart, absolutely Euro Heart. Um, we'll still do the Wrexham stuff, obviously, but we'll focus a lot on Europe and talk about the games of the weekend, especially the Wales game. Yeah, um, I wonder, was it deliberate that we sat off a bit and thought it's hot and we'll play conservatively did we just struggle to get the energy to really pressure as Paige might have wanted them to I, I didn't see a huge difference after the break so I'm assuming he was okay with it um, but yeah, it would be interesting to see what the players and the coach say I thought Paige's changes were a bit late I was a bit worried especially when we were behind that maybe we needed to alter things especially in that heat um, so I, I, I was a little surprised he didn't act a bit quicker. Petkovic certainly, I'd say, is more proactive. Petkovic, like I said, is a tactical coach. He will make those changes. He will make those alterations. Um, and, and I think that... Right, OK, the commentator, Steve Wilson, saying about Zakari being a holding midfielder. Oh, he's a place to play behind the strikers for a player behind the midfield. Well, that, that's not true. Zakari is a, a sort of box-to-box -box pocket Patrick Vieira sort of thing. He's... He runs and runs, and we saw that when after the equaliser, but it didn't work out very well, did it? Because that front three was causing Wales problems, and I would have replaced Shakiri with somebody who would be playing up the pitch and causing those issues and switching to a diamond instead. I think just let us back into it a bit, especially because let's be honest, Brandon Chaka, player I love to pick on. <laughs> Don't know why. Uh, he's picking, but he can look after himself. I wouldn't pick on him to his face. I don't think he's very disciplined as a holding midfielder. I don't think he's as the deep point of a diamond. I don't think he's going to hang around there very much. I don't know. Um, David, where'd you get your wall chart? I really need one. Uh, that one is when Saturday comes. Uh, there's one in uh, World Soccer as well. I think there's an might be an online one. I've been watching Tifo. In fact, you know, please don't get me wrong. The Final Whistle podcast, that's where the action is. Subscribe to those, watch those. It's got dragon art in it. It's got everything. It's beautiful. But I will mention another podcast, the TIFO podcast, the guys who have linked in with The Athletic. Their podcast is really good. And they they showed off a nice wall chart that they've made. So obviously they're not a physical entity. They're online. So maybe you can get something through that. I don't know. 
um, build better coverage than the BBC was. Because I'm saying match. <laughs> no, no, not to be daft. Um, I like the when Robbie Savage got overexcited after the goal, and then soon after there was a throw in on the right hand side, they had a close up of Kiefer Moore, and he just didn't know what to say, and he just said, Take his headband! A beautiful, inarticulate moment. Dan the man can't get yesterday's Dragon Hearts, it is private on YouTube. Ooh, well, I can fix that now if it is. Uh, da -da -da, pardon me just a second. I'll just have a quick squiz. There was an issue yesterday with it, um, and I. And you're right. So I have to fix that. Hang on a second. So I'll look at this live action here on the live stream. <laughs> uh, I think it is still private. Am I stupid or what? No, hang on. It can't be private because somebody made a comment about it. Oh, it is private. Oh, I know why. Okay. Bam and bam. Oh, gosh. There. It's there now. I promise. Oh, that was rather stupid of me, wasn't it? Okay. So, yeah, I'd, I'll take that. I'm satisfied with that. Like I said, I, I think we were second best. I think the Swiss just surrendered the advantage a bit and we met them at the same time. Uh, Bill saying it got to say Savage is a breath of fresh air. Great to have someone who loves Cumbria rather than someone enthusiastic ex-England player on the co-coms. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. It's... Uh, it always confuses me slightly. Am I, am I being unfair on saying this? They, they generally, the, the TV channels seem to be okay finding Scottish and Irish commentators for their games. I mean, Northern Irish. Uh, Wales don't seem to get that treatment. Sky or ne or never have. There was a Bill Leslie, don't they? Um, I don't know, maybe I'm being unfair. But, uh, yeah, uh, it was... <laughs> yeah, I quite enjoyed, actually, the, the coverage. Uh, it was good to see those Wales fans as well. They were really sort of getting stuck into it. Shame they were in such a huge concrete bowl where the voices get lost uh, straight away. But uh, they, they, they were giving it loads, weren't they? Absolutely giving it loads. Um, no, I was, yeah, I was pretty satisfied. I think well done to Page making brave call of warding goal. Well done to him for making the brave call of Moore up front and leaving out one of the the more glamorous names, if you like. Um, he, he caused him a few problems, didn't he? he was, you know, aerially. I, I quite enjoyed the bit in the first half where he picked up that head injury, where he hits the deck, and then just puts his hand on his forehead, sees there's blood, just flicks it off. Was like, well, oh, that's just what happens. <laughs> the big beast. I thought that was tremendous. Um, but I, I think that the rest of the tournaments will show Switzerland to be a good side and to get a good point off them. I think is pleasing. I've been thinking about this Italy game. So we're playing them last. Now Steve Wilson rightly said on, on the live coverage on BBC, we don't want to go in there really wanting a win, do we? Fair enough. However, we're the, the team who are lucky enough to play two games in Baku and then go to Italy. We're, we're not going to be going back and forth, which is great. I mean, Switzerland have to go to Rome now and then back to Baku. And we're also... Mancini tends to rotate quite a bit. I mean, his squad, not himself. <laughs> and, yeah, he, he... He might just... If he wins the game against Switzerland, they'll be through. And he might just think, oh, OK. Second 11 against Wales might just help us a bit. Uh, who knows? The other thing I've got to say... Right, I'm not doubting that Turkey will have lots of fans in Azerbaijan, I'm sure. But 
I'm getting a bit bored of Evan saying it's so close. You know, Gabby Logan saying, "No, it's 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 no distance." Well, I mean, it's it's 500 miles away from the eastern part of Turkey to Baku, and you've got Armenia and Georgia in between. It's going to take you 12 hours to drive there across two countries that might not be all that open to you. So, well, you know. All right, maybe there will be quite a lot of Turkish fans there, fair enough. They're so far away from the Petrobot, they don't influence it all that much. Um, but certainly, yeah, this whole idea that Turkey's just down the road from Azerbaijan, let's calm this down a bit, I reckon. David says, S4C all the way. David, you just reminded me that in Euro 26, I couldn't stand the BBC coverage, and I watched it in Welsh, even though I've got to say my Welsh is basic at best, because I'd rather not know what was being said than hear mad stuff that distracts me from the game. And Robert Surrey, any updates on the new Wrexham manager? No, not at all. Now, Robert, I've got to be honest, I, I, I think I've said this before, but I want to I'll reiterate it. So from a Wrexham point of view, in the past, because we were run by fans, obviously there were a few people involved in that decision who then would know a lot of Wrexham fans and things would leak out. Some people were leaking more deliberately than others, let's be honest. I sound like I'm talking about IBS now, don't I? But this is a different regime. It's a different setup. It's and I'm not saying it's a criticism of the trust. Just by nature, it's more professional, if you will. There's a small group of people involved in this, and they're not going to leak it out. So, I I would say honestly, Robert, pretty much anything you see or hear with people claiming someone's in in with a chance is guesswork. I think. Um, some people will feed favoured journalist stories. I am, don't think that is happening now. I genuinely don't. Um, so I think our best chance of actual little scoops will be someone like the Tyler French thing. Somebody driving up and not being able to find the, the entrance and asking uh, at the turf, <laughs> where's the entrance to the ground? But I suspect they will do interviews at the ground anyway because of that. So I think it's all speculation. I mean, certainly, you look at the, the stories like Nigel Clough his name comes up just because of Fleur Robinson. There's absolutely no indication that Wrexham have approached him at all. Um, Casey Stoney's name came up purely because Ryan McElhenney and Ryan Ren uh, Rob Rackard and Ryan Reynolds were seen as progressive owners of a club who were willing to break barriers, and so they put two and two together and made five. There's absolutely nothing, I can tell you that, I know that for certain, there is nothing and never was anything in the Casey Stoney story, and yet she's still quite high up um, in the in the odds. Uh, there's at least one person fairly high up in the odds who was only there because somebody sort of cheekily tweeted it, and the Buckies don't know, I don't think. And then, of course, okay, I, I will address, there is the issue, of course, of Hudson suddenly going to 10 to 1 on. Now, let's be honest. That Bucky's do that when they got the inflammation information and they know someone's got a job. But Bucky's also do that because they're not in the business of losing money. So if they just hear rumours that are quite strong, they feel, then they'll just shut down the odds and do that, won't they? It doesn't mean Hudson's got it. But don't be wrong, it might be there is some information going out and he has got it. But Bucky's are not doing it for our benefit, like to you know, to, to, to work out what's happening. They, they, they're not on the inside track. They're just doing it to try and make money out of us by teasing us into putting money on Nigel Clough and then someone else gets the job. And when, it look, when they get worried that they're going to lose money on somebody, so they probably had a lot of bets going in on Hudson, uh, they'll shut it down. So that might be, it might be that 
they know something, but it's also very, very possible they're just protecting their profits now. So it's a very long-winded way of saying, I think a lot of us will find out when we see who's announced. Don't expect star names either, um, because cause I, I don't think that's the way they're going to go at all, personally. Uh, I've always loved how Mark Hughes is always up in the batting. Why on earth Mark Hughes would once come to Wrexham, I genuinely don't know. Um, and when he summarised at the end of the BBC match that game by saying that Wales were on top at the end when Danny Ward had just pulled off three fantastic saves, uh, maybe I don't want him. <laughs> That's how he saw that game. He didn't see the same game I did. I don't know. Anyway, I guess that's that, isn't it? I'd better scarper. Um, any... I don't know what the end of that sentence is. I remember, remember, Dragonheart will be on... Monday, hopefully, maybe Tuesday, but certainly we'll be looking at what's going on in European Championships up to that point. And then, uh, I'll keep doing this after the Wales games. I'll do it after other games if you really want me to as well. I'm, I'm okay with that. I've got no life. So, a uh, nice one. Good point. Happy with that. The Swiss are good, but we didn't beat us. And in a, uh, this tournament setup, well, positive result against Turkey, and we're through, essentially. So nice one. I'm happy with that. Thanks for joining us and see you soon. Adios muchachos. This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Rexham AFC media team.